Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Wolf and Luke talk Suns Clippers now. Well, yeah, Wolf, you and I could talk Suns Clippers. Yeah. Or we could hit this button on this phone over here and talk to John Bloom about Suns Clippers. John Bloom joining us on the Arizona Sports Line right now. Bloomer, what's up? Luke, Wolf, good to be with you on another game day and uh, hoping for a a vastly different result uh, tonight <laughs> in game two. Yeah, speaking of that right there, Johnny, I'm going to ask you this right now. Do you hear anything about Josh Akogi getting more minutes tonight? Do you hear anything at all about that? <laughs> no, they won't let me in on those uh, conversations <laughs> slash meetings uh, pregame yet, Wolf. And I say yet because maybe at some point I'll learn their trust. But no, at this point, I, I think the right people are making those decisions. Uh, I am curious to see how it plays out, though, because we were all curious uh, going into game one to see who's going to be the first off the bench, who's going to have the most time off the bench, uh, who's going to make the biggest impact, all those things. And, uh, you know, I think there were some surprises all around uh, with regards to the answers of those questions. Uh, Bloomer, sort of along those lines, when you look at the bench and the fact that they played six guys and, you know, whenever campaign comes back, I figure he's probably some uh, some level of an option for them. T.J. Warren, Damian Lee, um, who who in your mind would be if you were putting together this rotation is, is one or two guys on that bench that either played at last game or didn't that you'd like to see get more minutes? I've always felt, Luke, and we've had this conversation before, that uh, Cameron Payne has the, the opportunity to be the biggest impact player in that group. Uh, he wasn't available in game one. I'm not sure what his status is yet, other than the questionable that you guys read as well, uh, that we see on paper from the Sun. So we'll find out when we get to the gym, probably in a few hours, and see whether or not he is an option for Monty Williams and his staff, because I'm sure they would prefer that to be the case. He just makes a difference, as we talk about so much, with regards to the pace, uh, and we saw that. It, they, they got a little sluggish during stretches of that game one and uh, started out that way, too. I don't anticipate them having that sluggish start again tonight. They have to, they have to avoid that. They've got to you know captivate that crowd that is ready to take the roof off that joint, and I know you guys are both going to be in the building tonight, so you'll be part of that. And uh, look, I think it's, it's there for the taking. They just need to bring it uh, and play their style of basketball. I don't think there's any panicking going on right now, but uh, you certainly don't want to see that slow start that you saw in game one. No, I'm totally with you on that one right there, Johnny. Who do you think in particular will step up tonight for the Phoenix Suns? Is there one guy that you just have a a thought that he's going to step up and perform tonight? Who is that guy? Well, it's hard to, um, you know, say that Devin Booker didn't step up and play uh, because I felt like he did have an excellent game, did some things defensively that we don't see him normally do. And I feel like if he continues to keep up his intensity on that side, it's going to lead to more buckets on the other side. I also feel like they're going to initiate the offense if they are close down the stretch a lot more through Book and Kevin Durant. You didn't see them get the looks yeah. that they you know, probably should have gotten in a close game down the stretch. So I, I expect that to be an adjustment or at least an effort to make that adjustment. Now, the Clippers are no joke. They, they play tough defense. They are physical, as we've discussed several times, getting ready for the series. And then they, first of all, you know, put it in, on display in game one. So now uh, you know what you have uh, and you knew what you had going into game one to begin with. But now you know even more. And so my expectation is those things you ask if I have to pick one guy to step up. I don't anticipate uh, the Clippers holding Devin Booker under 30 tonight. I, th- 
I think uh, there's a lot of points for that guy. It's, uh, it's usually a safe bet to go with, with Booker taking uh, more points than less. Uh, John Bloom joining us right now, and I think we would all welcome that tonight. And the, the other part of that equation is Kevin Durant had just the two shots in the last nine minutes of game one. He hit them both. Uh, how much of that, Bloomer, in your mind, was the Clippers denying him the ball or throwing different looks at the Suns that they weren't uh, ready for? And how much of that was just maybe the Suns didn't put enough emphasis on making sure they got KD the ball in those situations instead of just moving it around for the best shot? I think they could have forced the issue a little bit more, Luke, to be honest with you. But, you know, you're talking about a, a game that was for, uh, a one-possession game, a lar- large part of that uh, crunch time. And, uh, you know, then the Clippers got a couple big threes, extended it to six. The Suns got back. Uh, and uh, I feel like during those stretches, though, uh, they could have forced the issue to get the ball to Kevin Durant. I'm not talking about force shots, but just make sure you put the ball in his hands because he is – that strong of a weapon. So my anticipation is they make even more of an effort in a close game to do that. And, uh, you know, I give credit to the Clippers defense uh, for denying, and that's something that they're going to continue to try to do, deny the ball to KD. But there's ways around that, you know, backpicks, different types of cuts that they can do, uh, you know, get the ball uh, into someone else's hands as a decoy and bring him around a couple screens. There's different things that they can work with. Hopefully, uh, you know, they will work with their basketball brains, which are a lot further advanced than mine. And they will have all those bags uh, or all those tricks in their bag tonight. Johnny, do you believe in the Scott Foster effect? And if so, what can the Suns do about it? (laughs) I mean, it's an awful lot of coincidence, isn't it, Wolf? I mean, I I don't believe that Scott Foster is, uh, you know, getting ready, putting his uniform on tonight uh, with the intent purpose to to take out Chris Paul and and deliver another (laughs) L to CP3. Although that record certainly, like I said, is an awful lot of coincidence and and has a lot of people talking. And it's going to be a narrative probably for the rest of the time that those guys are doing their current jobs. Uh, So I I hope that it's not a factor. My, uh, My expectation is that it won't be uh and uh you know if the Suns can go out and handle their business tonight maybe we finally do put that to bed talking to john bloom uh sticking with that for a second bloomer because that is such a narrative and because the Suns, you know did get caught up in officiating a few weeks ago do you think there is a conscious effort to make sure that they don't get caught up in it whether whether the game's officiated poorly or not because it, it felt like at a certain point whether it was monty williams getting fined or james jones saying we can't focus on stuff we can't control or kevin durant saying that it seems like the suns kind of have put the officiating out of their mind for the last few weeks and you don't want it coming back tonight no you don't i i think they have done a better job of it luke but i think they can continue to uh, you know, get better at that in a couple different ways. One, the, the reaction to the calls that you don't get. And sometimes when you're reacting, you're, uh, you're watching the ball go down the other way and uh, there's a fast break. And so there's kind of a double thing, whammy there because you, you missed out on the call, you're frustrated, and you're spending time arguing with the ref while the team's beating you down the floor the other direction. You can't afford to have that happen when every possession is so meaningful like it is in the playoffs. The other element that needs to get better is just fouling. In general, the Suns just can't foul as much. Uh, and we've talked about it for weeks, maybe months now, with this basketball team. And all five starters had some fouls uh, pile up on them in game one. I believe they had 20 fouls in the, between the five starters. Can't have that uh, again tonight. You know, Johnny, for me, I thought game one was physical. I think tonight is going to be a slugfest in a saloon. I think they're going to brawl, <laughs> uh, metaphorically speaking. But having said that, what do you expect? 
same thing. Uh, you know, I think the Clippers are going to obviously c- come out and try to accomplish what they accomplished in game one, but the Suns can't allow that to happen. And, and the way that they can, uh, you know, begin is by getting off to a better start because right. then when you do that, now you've got that crowd behind you in that bar fight. Now it feels like you're fighting 10 on five and that's what you're going to need, uh, you know, to really handle your business uh, and then feel like you've got that confidence, you know, necessary to go into LA and uh, take, one at least uh, of the next couple so that you can regain home court advantage. I think that's probably, you know, what this team's going to set out to do. And I have, I have faith, I have confidence they're going to come out with much more intensity, energy uh, to start. And then hopefully that lasts throughout the game. They can sustain it and come up with a big dub. Johnny, I, I do believe that nationally the perception of the Phoenix Suns is they're a finesse team. And the way you beat them is to be more physical than they are right now. Do you think that applies? I think there's elements of the Suns team that, that absolutely is finesse because you talk about the mid-range you know, assassins and Chris Paul and Devin Booker and even Kevin Durant to a certain extent. DeAndre Ayton loves to shoot the jumper uh, you know, a, a lot more than he is aggressively jamming it in traffic. And, and so I think that that's why you get that label. But it's not that they can't play physically. This is a team that is certainly capable to play physically. Even their backcourt can be physical and book and Paul. So, you know, look, I think that they have it in them uh, and they felt what the Clippers uh, were going to come forth with in that game one. That was a tough loss, no doubt about it. And you don't want to feel that again. And I think that they're going to go out there and try to show that resiliency that they've shown since Monty Williams got here, really. Mm -hmm. uh, And and this staff has implemented with this group. So many, uh, you know, questions. I know that we still have so many questions about just how good this basketball team can be. But I know we're all pretty confident they can be a lot better than they were in game one bloomer great stuff as always man we'll be listening as always thanks for the time all right thanks john all right guys